Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by Beautiful and Simple, an online boutique I've created and filled with products that remind us to slow down, practice self-care, and focus on the meaningful parts of our day, the beautiful and simple moments. One of my favorite new mugs is the Christmas one that says heaven and nature sing in beautiful script. It's a sweet reminder for me to lean into the season and what's most important to my family. It's also oversized at 15 ounces, leaving plenty of room for frothing all the holiday goodness. Check out the collection of mugs, shirts, and bags currently available at beautifulandsimple.com. Thanks also to Mutu System for supporting today's episode. Mutu is a medically recommended online exercise program that is designed to support mothers postpartum. And it's not just for moms who have new babies. I started using Mutu two and a half years after my third baby was born. My hip issues and unresolved diastasis recti were continuing to get in the way of my exercise attempts and everyday comfort levels. I decided to do something about it, and Mutu was the support I was looking for. I started to experience relief after just one week of using the program. I highly recommend it as a way to boost your strength and confidence. It's gentle, doable, effective, and you can use it at home. Buy it once, and it's yours for life. There's more information about Mutu over at elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash M-U-T-U. And you can hear more from the founder and CEO, Wendy Powell, in episode 41. Go check that out after the show. There's a link to that episode and more information about Mutu at elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash Mutu. Part of growing as moms, as people, and really elevating motherhood is gathering new information, listening to stories, and considering perspectives that maybe we haven't heard before. This is one of those episodes that is going to gift us with new to us information about how our purchases impact others, including other moms around the world. My guest today, Lauren Manwell, is the owner of Naupaka, a thoughtfully curated online boutique that focuses on fair trade and ethical fashion and products. Lauren is here to share stories and insights about how our dollar can be used to make powerful purchases for social change, a timely topic given that the holidays are upon us. There's also a lot of inspiration to be found in how she got started with Naupaka and the stories she shares about how she balances motherhood, owning a shop, and homeschooling. Lauren is a gracious voice and really brings her kind heart to the table as she gently educates us on why purchasing ethically made and fair trade items matter. 
She brings just the right mix of grace and encouragement that we need to grow and move forward with this new information so that we can step into our power of creating change through our purchases. She's going to teach us about what it means for something to be ethically made. Unfortunately, in today's world, not everything is made with fair labor standards and in safe conditions. An ethically made item is made by adult artisans or laborers in safe working conditions who are treated kindly and are paid fair living wages. This episode has all the classic themes that keep showing up over and over again here on the show. Connection, aligning our actions and values, slowing down and giving ourselves grace as mothers. It's also a lovely compliment to last week's interview with Obaki creator Trina Peak. Lauren Manuel is the owner and co-founder of Naupaka, an island boutique offering a stylish and creative curation of ethically made and fair trade goods. When faced with the many ugly truths of the fashion and retail industry, she set out to become a part of the solution rather than adding to the problem. Lauren spends her days at home with her two young sons and husband here on the island. Without further ado, let's welcome the gracious Lauren Manuel to the show. Aloha, Lauren. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Lori Beth. I love in-person interviews, and this is fun. I feel like I haven't had one for a while, so I'm glad you're here. Well, tell my listeners a little more about you and your adorable little family. Yes, so my name is Lauren, and I live on the south shore of Maui with my husband and two sons. Weston, who is four, and Cody, who is six months old now. Right on. And you have an online boutique, Naupaka. First, that's a strange word for people who don't live here, probably. (laughs) So what is Naupaka? So Naupaka is a flower found on Hawaii. And it's an interesting flower because it is a half flower. So if you look, look at a flower, imagine one. There's, you know, petals all around, but this one is half. So just see the top half and the bottom half. And the top half of the flower grows in the mountains. And the bottom half of the flower is found down by the sea. And there's an interesting Hawaiian legend about the Napaka flower. Each half flower represents uh, two lovers who were separated. And so one lover was sent to the mountains and the other lover other lover sent down to the sea. And I chose Naupaka for a name because my then boyfriend, now husband, and I started the, this business together. And he is from Oregon in the mountains. And I grew up in Florida, which was down by the sea. And so it was just fitting, sounded right. And we just knew that it was, it was Naupaka. That is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that story. And that is so you guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, how did Naupaka come to life? So Naupaka came to life in 2014. I had just graduated college and I had a little extra time and I was looking for um, a creative outlet. And so I started making jewelry and selling it mm-hmm. on Etsy. I think Everyone has an Etsy story. <laughs> <laughs> or a potential Etsy yeah, story. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, I want to make this Etsy. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I started making jewelry. And then shortly after that, Nick and I moved to Hawaii. And then we started a family. And so Napaka got put on the back burner. And then um, come 2017, I 
was woken up in the middle of the night and I heard this voice and it said, open Apaka. I was like, okay, like that was God. Okay. And I didn't know why, because I was in the middle. I was in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. I had my first child. He was, you know, a year old, you know, I was in survival mode, but God said, open Apaka. And so the next morning I opened it. I didn't know why, didn't know how I would do it, but I just opened it and I was obedient. And then Nick and I started making um, like graphic t-shirts and prints. And we just kind of shifted away from jewelry because it was still hard for me to make jewelry with, mm-hmm. you know, the, the one little one. <laughs> yeah. Beads and, and shells didn't quite fit in with that mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So we shifted to that. And um, while I was um, researching for to make t-shirts, I was seeing, you know, what we wanted to print on. And I came across ethically made t-shirts. Uh, what's that? Like, what does ethically made mean? Wasn't, mm-hmm. shouldn't everything be ethically made? And so I went down that rabbit hole of ethically made things. And I, I felt confronted with this new information. I found out that things are ethically made and things are not. And I had a decision to make, do I ignore this information and just take the easy way out and, you know, pocket more of a profit in my, in my shirts and my business, or do I do the right thing and, you know, put in the hard work and do the the long research and everything that entails finding ethically made things. And I had to do it. I couldn't just, you know, turn my head the other way and just pretend I didn't know these things. And so that, that began our, our ethically made journey with Nalpaca. Mm-hmm. And so now what kind of products do you offer in Nalpaca? So now in 2020, Nalpaca is an online boutique. We have a curation of ethically made clothing, home goods, kids wear, jewelry, accessories, as well as our original branded shirts and stickers and decals. So we've expanded to retailing other fashion um, brands as well. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I like how you talked about feeling confronted with this new information, because I think that's how listeners and myself are going to feel today, just being exposed to this new information, because I think that there's a certain level of awareness, but there isn't any sort of internal conviction in a lot of us Mm -hmm. to step into that, own that, look at our shopping habits, research where our $5 t-shirts come from. Instead, we're, you know, encouraged to tout them online of like, look what I found at this sale, you know, look, I got, you know, 25 shirts for the price of five. And we don't really think beyond the good deal that we got. You know, we live in a culture where, and this is true, and I'm part of this same culture. So it's not me standing up here in my hill going, you know, look at what the rest of the world is doing. No, like I'm a part of it too, where it's just consumption, you know, and having more rather than quality, or more rather than thinking about how our purchases make a difference outside of us feeling good about saving money in the moment. So I wanted to invite you on to open our eyes a little bit more to this so that we can take in some of this information and then choose to confront it within ourselves or not. And this isn't going to be an episode where I think you or I are trying to convince everybody to switch their shopping habits Mm -hmm. cold turkey, just instead having an awareness 
and, you know, possibly making a small change here or there. I know that the way that I shop this holiday season is going to be different out of sheer necessity and just 2020 Absolutely. in general. But I think that it would be helpful to have more of this information um, going into the holiday season. So what do you wish more people understood about things like fast fashion and what goes into producing cheap clothes and products? Absolutely. So getting into ethical fashion, you have to, you have to give yourself grace and you need to be ready to accept that, accept the new knowledge mm-hmm. that we, we didn't know this and we've been told you need more, you need more and you need it for less. Mm-hmm. And it takes time to really realign that our values and our knowledge Buying a $10 pair of jeans sounds like a great, a great deal. But in reality, there's a true cost to those, to that $10 pair of jeans that we aren't seeing. Um, We've been so conditioned to think that we need six pairs of $10 jeans instead of one pair of $60 jeans. Mm -hmm. We're spending the same amount of money, but it's, we get more, you know, we see more for that dollar spent. And we think it's a good thing. And it's, it's so sad that we've been conditioned this way and told this is the way to be. And we have those $10 jeans. And I, I used to buy those jeans. Like I am the first person to tell you, I am not perfect. I, you know, I get tempted. I have moments of weakness. I do not buy everything ethically made. I would like to, but it's a journey. It's Mm -hmm. something that you do. It's, you focus on progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll drive yourself crazy wanting to buy everything ethically made right out of the right out of the gates. It's just it's too much to think about when you first start. So give yourself grace. When you think of fast fashion, a good way to think of it is compare it to fast food. So fast food is cheap and it's quick, and you kind of impulse buy it. You're not going to buy fast food like on Thanksgiving day, like mm-hmm. it's an impulse buy. Mm-hmm. You plan your meal out on th- on Thanksgiving and you say, I'm going to, you know, get these ingredients together and I'm going to make all these dishes. And when you find yourself going through the drive-thru at McDonald's, it's because, oh, I'm hungry and I need this. And so you pop in and get a cheeseburger or whatever, and it's not well-planned or well-thought of. So to... Buy ethically made, it takes a little more time, a little more planning, but it's it's possible. The fast food comparison is actually interesting because I just watched a Food Babe video this morning okay. and actually just shared it on Instagram uh-huh. um, where I found out that fast food restaurants um, use the same ingredient that is the main ingredient in Silly Putty to keep their fry fryer oil from foaming. And so she actually threw some French fries and they bounce. Oh my gosh. Like it's crazy. Wow. Crazy. So interesting because you're talking about um, not only like the impulse buy part of it, but and just like trying to fill a need as quickly as possible and as conveniently as possible um, without really looking at the ingredients. And then once you are confronted with the ingredient information, it's like, oh, wow, (laughs) I don't think I want my French fries to bounce. And I don't think I want to be eating silly putty. Right. Yeah. So I can I can sense that uh, comparison as as uh, easily as today. (laughs) So 
I had mentioned there's a true cost to the $10 jeans. Mm-hmm. It is pretty impossible to make a $10 pair of jeans, to make and sell jeans for $10. Someone along that supply chain and the journey of making those jeans is paying that cost. Um, more often than not, it's they're paying that cost with their health or their dignity. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that isn't talked about and we need to talk about it. Um, it's so easy to get caught up in thinking, well, I don't want to pay more than $20 for a pair of jeans. Why would I do that? It's easy to think that, oh, well, that fashion designer is just making, you know, all this money off of me when I know it probably only costs, you know, a couple of dollars to make those jeans. But the truth is that the laborers making those jeans are not being taken care of. Mm-hmm. They're not working in safe conditions. They're not being paid fair fair wages. And so there is a true cost that's going on. And maybe you're not paying it when you purchase $10 jeans, but somebody else is. And that's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it hurts. And you might feel convicted when you feel that, or you might feel kind of um, confronted. Like mm-hmm. I felt confronted at first. I thought, oh my, like, because... It's just not talked about that much. It's starting to be talked about, Mm -hmm. but we're in the beginning of that conversation right now. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point about the, um, how, how you feel about that information you receive. Do you feel convicted or do you feel confronted? Because I do think that those are the main, main emotional reactions that people are going to have when they hear this of like, Oh, geez, you know, give me the list, Lauren, you know, give me the list of places I can find ethically made jeans for myself and my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how can I make a change today? And then there are those of us who are like, oh yeah, show me the numbers, you know, give me the specific brand, show me, you know, a pay stub of this worker, you know, that is underpaid and just almost kind of, we also, it's a byproduct of the culture we live in, like prove it, you know, prove it. And, there are plenty of documentaries that are out there and trying to prove it. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of articles and resources and podcasts. I did a quick search for ethical fashion and podcast this morning and was floored. It's great. By the sheer number of mm-hmm. podcasts that are specifically dedicated to that. And then ones who have invited that onto their show to actually talk about it. So I think that the proof is, is out there and super readily available And, you know, just even working with um, ethically conscious companies like Beauty Counter, Mm -hmm. you know, like um, Primally Pure, like Branch Bait 6, like all of these different companies that I am happy to align with, there is a certain awareness, level of awareness with how the products are made. And yes, that makes them a little bit more expensive. But man, it feels much better to know that they contain these super common ingredients, you know, like mica being one of them, where I know that they're not mined by children Mm -hmm. in other countries in really dire conditions, you know, and it's hard to hear. Like you said, it's hard to hear. And I almost wonder if maybe there are people who feel both, both convicted and confronted, right? Because what we're being asked to do is to look at ourselves, and first look at our reaction and to know that our initial reaction to what it is you're telling us is not the whole story. It's just Mm -hmm. our initial reaction. Then what are we going to do with that reaction, that information we've just learned about ourselves? 
whether we feel convicted or confronted or now, gosh, maybe the next emotion that comes up is like, oh, I feel guilty, you know, like I feel guilty that I feel confronted because I guess I'm supposed to feel convicted, you know, (laughs) or, oh, I feel convicted, but now I don't know what to do. And I feel Mm -hmm. guilty about that. You know, that's the next layer that might come up for some people, but then there's another layer beyond that. So when we're hearing this information and digesting it, and like you had said earlier, accepting it you know, then we can decide what to do about it. So, but it's going to take us getting past our initial reaction. It's also going to take us dropping this whole notion of fast. Yes. Just in general of like, okay, well, quick, now we have to make a change quick, quick, quick. It has to happen now. No, this is, this is going to be more of a slow unfolding, I think. Yes. It's a marathon. Okay, great. It's a marathon to change your, your shopping habits and just your mentality behind it. Mm-hmm. And I can't stress it enough that you just need to give yourself grace and know that it's okay if you don't purchase everything ethically made. Mm-hmm. You'll drive yourself crazy and just take, you know, one one item that you know you need. Say you need shoes or maybe you like shoes and plug in to the internet and say ethically made shoes and so many beautiful artisan made ethically made shoes will pop up and you can browse and find whatever fits you Mm -hmm. and what a great place to start yeah with a simple online search of just add ethically made to the beginning of what it is you're searching for Mm -hmm. so interesting so you had mentioned there's documentaries And there's a really great one and it's available on Amazon prime right now. Oh, right on. And it's called the true cost. Mm. And if you feel confronted and you want to know the numbers or you want to see the evidence, this is a great documentary. It's, it's rough. You have to be ready to watch it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you should watch it if you're not ready, but just know that you there might be some tears. Okay. But it just, it's a heart, heart, it pulls your heartstrings and it covers the garment workers in Bangladesh and a couple other developing countries. And the filmmaker is talking to some of these ladies who work in the garment factories and they're taking their children to work and they're showing you what it's like inside and just talking about this conversation that we're having right now about fast fashion and the push for consumerism and more, more, more. Mm -hmm. And there was footage of, you know, the black Friday shopping, you know, the, the ones that you see on the news of people just ransacking stores Yeah, and to see that footage paired with the people making those clothes for Mm -hmm. pennies and being paid pennies is just heartbreaking. And it really brings this concept to life and it, cause it's easy. Like I've always known the term sweatshop. Yeah. You know, everyone's heard of a sweatshop, but it was Mm -hmm. this far off concept that I couldn't picture. I just, you know, it, it wasn't real to me until I started looking into it myself and allowing myself to see the truth in it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm convicted and I'm, you know, trying to reach people and tell people about ethically made goods and that we can still buy things and we can still enjoy things 
that empower other people instead of hurting other people. Mm -hmm. Healing that disconnect. Yes. You know, yeah, really in every episode, I swear it just, it's all about connection, right? And it's us making this connection to how our purchases affect others not just ourselves and our mm-hmm. own bank account. It's um, a connection to the entire process because I almost feel like on some level we've been purposefully shielded from the entire process where people used to be involved in the process from yes. start to finish making their own clothes. I mean, I don't know how old all of us are, but I'm sure many of us remember our grandmothers buying patterns Yes, you know, I used and to love yeah. picking up patterns at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. like, that was my favorite thing. There were entire spinning racks of them, right? Mm-hmm. This was a thing where it just felt like we were way closer to the beginning of the process. And now we're just like at the very end and there's a giant wall there. So we really can't see where and how everything is being made. And, you know, it's, it's important to know. So I appreciate you pointing that out and I'll link to the, um, that documentary in the show notes. So what are some of the most surprising things you've learned since opening your ethical boutique? So you had mentioned the connection Mm-hmm. or rather disconnection that has been going on with um, our shopping habits and clothing. Mm-hmm. And since opening up an ethical boutique, I spent a lot of time researching brands and designers and communicating. Mm-hmm. And I verify transparency, but I did not expect so much transparency to be going on. I now know the names of the artisans who are making these clothes that I'm selling. Well, I can, um, on some of the tags of the clothing, the name is written right there. On some of the shoes, the names are written in the shoe. But beyond that, I also know the name of the women who are the names. I also know the names of the women who are conducting the quality check and who are steaming the clothes. And I know what they look like, you know, because I, I share the transparency with the designers that I work with. And I think it's so cool. As far as the African baskets, mm-hmm. um, I know I, I can talk to one of the kind of the middlemen in Ghana and I can text him on WhatsApp. And I think it's so cool. And I can see what's going on in Ghana on a Friday night. Like he'll post him partying in Ghana. And I think it's so funny. I would have never thought that... I would be seeing the nightlife in Ghana, but, but <laughs> now I, you know, cause you share everything on Instagram these days. Yeah. And so just the transparency that's going on mm-hmm. is just, is really wild, but I love it. And I love to share these stories and the, the lives behind each, each garment, each piece of work, each piece of art with my customers. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much from you as a fellow small boutique owner about the quality of stuff too. That mm-hmm. really surprised me when we started talking jewelry and metals and all this different stuff. I was like, oh, wow, you have sent me down a million rabbit holes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I live in the rabbit holes now. It's a warren down here. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was one of the most surprising things that I learned from you and just trying to figure out, yeah, adding 
the search term ethically made before things and trying to figure out these companies and realizing just how small a lot of these organizations are, that it's charities and nonprofits and just sorting through all of it and then being patient too, right? The speed of this stuff is really part of it. And I just never thought it would. I thought we'd be talking about wages, you know, and ingredients, but really it's like the speed of everything, including the speed of shipping, Mm-hmm. You know, especially right now, that is like, wow, that that's forefront for a lot of people as we expect all these instant gratification, you know, Amazon orders, I'm just going to say it, yeah. <laughs> and, or like next day delivery, or two day this or overnight this, and we're kind of used to it here in Hawaii, like, there's no such thing as overnight. Oh, yeah. um, it's five days minimum. Minimum, <laughs> you know, ship anything uh, book rate or media mail and you'll get it four to six weeks from now, mm-hmm. literally. So it's we're used to it out here to a certain degree, but I think that other people possibly are not. But I've had to slow down too when searching for these different companies and realize they're in different countries and their main thing isn't sitting at their email and answering everything right away, you know, at the drop of the hat, as soon as an email comes in, they might be checking their email once a week, you yeah. know, because they're busy living their day-to-day life in conditions that we can't even imagine mm-hmm. here in America. So interesting. Yeah. Um, Global Mamas is one of the brands mm-hmm. that I stock in our in the boutique. And they post on their stories. They're based out of, I think it's Minneapolis, mm-hmm. but they work with artisans in Ghana and they have headquarters in Accra as well. Mm-hmm. And what comes to mind is they're, they once posted on their Instagram stories, like they hadn't spoken to one of their bead makers in a while and they hadn't been coming to market. And so they went down to go check on him and his so they make beads and they make beads in kind of like a, a clay oven. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times there's like a, a thatch straw roof mm-hmm. and his, his roof caught on fire. And so that's why he hadn't been in a market for a long time because he couldn't make his beads. And so that's what happened, but they didn't have phones. Like they had to go check on him and say, Hey, what's up? Like, are you Okay. And it's just interesting. It's a completely different way of life in Mm -hmm. these other countries. And we have to remember that, especially when we are buying ethically made and buying artisan made, because these, these items are not, they're made by real hands Mm -hmm. and they're made by artists. And so there's going to be, you know, differences, artistic differences and, you know, real life happens to them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild, mm-hmm. you know, that we have to come back to a place where we can remember that real life happens to people, real life happens to small business owners, yes. you know, real life happens to the artisans who are making this stuff to the people who are acting as the middle um, contact for mm-hmm. both the boutiques and the, and the stores and us, you know, and these, these makers, it just, so interesting. We live in a world where we have to be reminded of this. Yeah. But again, it's not shaming anybody. It's just a gentle reminder for all of us to be like, yeah, you know what? We're people dealing with people. It's not about the products. It really is about the people. Yes. Hmm. And that's that's the the best thing about buying ethically made is that these companies and these brands are putting people over profit yeah. and people putting first. the putting the environment over profit. 
And that's what sets these companies, brands, artisans uh, apart from conventional shopping, fast fashion, Mm -hmm. next day shipping. Exactly. Sometimes it's worth the wait, you know, the anticipation, really, truly, you know, (laughs) I I would take a coupon on Christmas morning that says, Hey, by the way, this really awesome handmade thing from Ghana is coming your way. I would be stoked rather Mm -hmm. than disappointed, you know, like it really is about us shifting our mindset and getting away from this like perfectionist stuff too, and expecting everything on our schedule, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of just going with the flow that's already naturally happening. Another interesting search term people can put in on their browsers is B Core, B-C-O-R-P-S, because those companies are also putting people in the planet before profits as well. So there's all kinds of small things we can do. We're searching online every day anyway. We might as well add ethically made and B Core to yes. our searches too. Well, is it really hard to find items for your store? Like what are the biggest challenges you have in stocking your store? It it can be. It's it takes time to sift through all of these fashion brands. If I come across something that I like, I like the vibe, I like the look, then I need to go and check out their biography, their about me page. And I read through that and I look for any mention of who's making their clothes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, any corporate or social responsibility. And that gives me an idea of where the heart is at. Mm -hmm. If they're putting people over profit Mm -hmm. and then I need to make contact with them. And then I, if, you know, they pass that first test of mine, then I'll, I'll reach out to them. And then I ask about any audits or any, any articles of transparency. Can they send me video? Can they send me certifications? Are they registered with B Corp? Do they have uh, a fair trade certification? Do they have um, RAP certification? And those are different organizations and certifications that say, yes, this brand meets these standards and they've been audited. They've paid to, to have this seal on their brand mm-hmm. and so forth. So a lot of times maybe a brand can be ethically made and they don't have those certifications, but the trade-off is that they have articles of transparency. They can say, this is so-and-so and she is doing this for me and show me videos or, you know, just show, show the people. And if I get crickets when I ask that, mm-hmm. then I know that maybe they are not ethically made or they haven't even looked into that. Mm-hmm. And so then I continue my search and it's a very long search and it takes a lot of time. And right now my hardest or my biggest challenge is finding ethically made clothing in the sweet spot of maybe $35 to $50 or $60, you know, a shirt or a dress made in that range, because I'm finding that that is the sweet spot for maybe someone just beginning to shop ethically. Yeah. It's, it's hard to go from buying $5 t-shirts to $70 t-shirts. That's a very big difference. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to bridge that gap and find the that fashion brand that has the $30 t-shirt that can, you know, it doesn't hurt as much to spend, you mm-hmm. know, as while you're on that journey and you're learning about the the value in spending a bit more mm-hmm. on an ethically made piece of clothing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does feel like a big leap. Mm-hmm. So interesting because when I asked you that question and, and you were like, yeah, I looked and see if something is appealing, you know, you said the first step and I literally thought you were going to say is to order a sample. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I that is how disconnected I think I've been from that whole process. That's so, 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 so interesting. I mean, my gosh, so much goes into the products that go into these curated boutiques. Wow. 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 I'm kind of blown away. (laughs) Well, do you feel like business or businesses are changing at all to become more ethical? I do. I think that ethical and fair trade are words that are coming out onto the market. Mm -hmm. Some of the big box stores are starting to offer fair trade items. I think that ethical and ethical is becoming the new sustainable. Um, Are those interchangeable? They can be. Okay. Um, What I mean by that is that a couple years ago, I think we started seeing more sustainably made pieces of clothing coming out. You know, we, you might be familiar with recycled plastics, Mm -hmm. you know, this t-shirt recycles five water bottles, or maybe you've heard about like Active wear, swimwear made from water right. bottles. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of new on the scene maybe three to five years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of common knowledge. You know, you see it pretty much in all the stores now. And I think that Ethically Made is starting to become, is next up. I think you're seeing more stores and brands talking about their social responsibility. Mm. You know, it's 2020 now and it's hard to own any type of brand that doesn't have a social responsibility going on. Mm-hmm. You know, our so consumers want more. You can find a product, a copycat pro, copycat product anywhere. Mm-hmm. But now consumers are asking for more these mm-hmm. days. We want to see your social responsibility, your corporate responsibility are you taking care of the environment? And so I think that's a good thing. And I think we're we're heading in the right direction that consumers are asking for more from, from brands. Mm-hmm. Asking for more, not necessarily in like letters or emails, but with their dollars and how they spend it. Yes. And that's a good point. So we are voting with our dollars mm-hmm. and I'm seeing more and more people talking about each purchase you put in a vote. And so you're saying when you purchase from an ethically made store or buying something made from an artisan, every time you say, I care about this Mm -hmm. and I want my money, my hard earned money to support this developing community and your dollar actually helps communities access water and medical care. Right. And not only that, a lot of times these ethically made businesses are small businesses. And so you're helping an artisan in a developing country and you're helping a small business. You're helping Mm -hmm. a family pay for, you know, soccer, a soccer season for their children. Mm -hmm. And so you're just, you're, you're spending your dollar more wisely and more intentionally when you shop small Mm -hmm. and you shop ethically rather than shopping at a big store so interesting because while you're talking about like 
fashion and products and all of that, I was thinking about the long marathon journey um, for me with food purchases, because this whole notion of voting with your dollar and letting stores know what it is you want more of Mm -hmm. started a very long time ago with me with food. You know, like I want to see more alternative options. I want to see more organic foods in these stores. You know, I will buy them. And so I feel like the first step in that for me was just purchasing them and having that awareness at the checkout as my groceries were going down the conveyor belt, you know, of like, I am letting this store know on some level that this is what I want more of. Yes. Then I took it to a different level where I'd actually ask for certain products, you know, like I love your store. If you stocked this one item, it would make my shopping trip so much easier. You know, if you had this fair trade organic yerba mate, I'm pretty sure is what I asked for. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And, you know, just saying like, if you stock this, I will buy it. And I know that other people will buy it too. And then taking it a step further of not only voting with my dollar and then requesting certain things, just encouraging the store or thanking them for carrying more organic options. When I did see the change, instead of just being silent through the whole thing and just being like, I'm going to spend my money and not say a word, you know, just acknowledging the changes and just saying, thank you so much. I noticed that you're bringing in more local foods. I noticed that you're bringing in more of this or whatever. I just really appreciate it. It does make my shopping experience, um, more valuable and easier for me. And I appreciate it. And now I feel like this, where I am in the marathon is, skipping the stores altogether and giving my money straight to the local farmers yeah, and buying my beef straight from Maui cattle company or the local ranchers rather than um, buying them in the stores. Mm -hmm. So it's been really interesting to see how that has shifted, you know, this awareness of noticing what voting with my dollar looks like taking a more active role and then going straight to the actual farmers themselves, understanding that, giving them more of my money helps them, you know, do better in their business and in their family life too. So I don't know why until this moment, I didn't really transfer that over into literally every other purchase, you know, like when I'm thinking, I never transferred that over into clothing or jewelry or artisans or any of this stuff. It was, it's, Hmm. Thanks, Lauren. (laughs) It's very humbling and interesting, you know, and this we're talking years, Mm -hmm. you know, the food thing and like voting with your dollar is like years and years and years and of unfolding. And I feel like some of us are going to be starting this marathon today. And it's probably going to be a slow unfolding, but one that it's better to start than not, I guess. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is. And as long as you start, if you're ready to start, start somewhere. And that was a great example. I mean, just asking for a product at the grocery store or purchasing the local produce at mm-hmm. the grocery store instead of the imported mm-hmm. produce. Mm-hmm. And I mean, money talks. Mm-hmm. It creates a demand. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, it comes down to supply and demand. If mm-hmm. you are putting the demand out there for locally made or small businesses, mm-hmm. then whomever is supplying those is going to see like, Oh, these are going, this is what the people want. And that's how changes is is made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting because I feel like we have been really apathetic 
You know, a lot of us have been apathetic in our purchases and like, oh, well, it's the only thing that's available when we actually do have a much more active role. And one person speaking up does make a difference. I'll tell you almost every single time I've ever asked a grocery store if they'd be willing to look into stocking something, it has shown up the majority of the time. So I think that's people impressive. be surprised. I think people be surprised what asking, uh, you know, graciously, you yeah, know, we'll, we'll get. So what are some of your favorite resources or organizations or shops that we can explore more? I know you'd mentioned Global Mamas, and of course there's yours. I was just wondering if there's other ones um, we could look into too. Yeah, so there are a ton of bloggers out there talking about mm. ethical fashion. A few of my few of my favorite bloggers are it's Heidi over at Fair Ethical Frugal. Mm. And she is really great. She talks about how to shop ethically on a budget. And mm. she's you can find her on Instagram as Fair Ethical Frugal. And she always shares her outfits and what she's wearing. Oh, really? And any deals. It's great. And then Leanne over at Change the World by How You Shop mm. is an amazing resource. If you are looking for rubber duckies, you can go to her website and look it up. And you can find ethically made rubber duckies or she'll point you to the nearest thing. And she's got a great database on everything ethically made. And it's organized by type, by gifts, all kinds, by holidays, anything like that. Wow. And then if you're into podcasts, Molly Stillman with Business with a Purpose podcast is a great podcast where she talks about all things ethical fashion and ethical business. Mm-hmm. I just uh, went on Instagram while you were giving us that oh, yeah? list to look up fair, ethical, frugal. Wow. So cool. I mean, so many different options. Super cute. Super stylish. Wow. Neat. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm totally going to include those in the show notes. And then also, gosh, yeah, I'm going to go follow those things on Instagram. You know, I want to hear more about Molly Stillman's podcast. I love podcasts. Thank you for that list. That's a great start. Thank You're you. Welcome. Well, what inspires you to keep going with Nalpaka? It inspires me to keep going with Nalpaka, just knowing that people are good in their hearts mm-hmm. and that people do care. Mm-hmm. It's really a matter of uncovering this knowledge and becoming more aware. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that people do care and will and want to make changes mm-hmm. keeps me going. You know, knowing that I can educate and spread awareness that. And maybe I can just cause a little ripple and knowing that I can educate people and they can go on and make one single purchase of something that was ethically made and continue that progress in the right direction mm-hmm. is, is enough for me. Mm-hmm. And you educate us in such a kind and compassionate way too. I appreciate your grace Um, that you have for other people as we start this journey to, you know, and start to raise our awareness. And I never feel like you're in our face and telling us that this needs to happen now or would be picketing about it. Instead, it is more like this gentle ripple effect that definitely starts with you. I appreciate your role in all of this. Well, thank you. I coming on here, I was hoping to not guilt trip anyone. That is never my goal. I don't want you to feel awful and so terrible about yourself in your past. We can only move forward 
And I can't stress this enough to take baby steps. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe your next purchase, keep a running list of what maybe you need coming up. And mm-hmm. like I said, plug in ethically made and then that item and spend time researching for that item. Mm-hmm. And maybe you aren't the type of person that spends money on yourself and you don't shop for yourself. Think about the next gift that you're going to give and plug into your browser ethically made or ethical boutique Mm -hmm. and just shop from there. And I guarantee you, you'll find something that speaks to you and speaks to that person that you're shopping for. Mm -hmm. And then that way, that's a great way to, to, to start purchasing ethically made items. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Do you have any other tips for ways that we can be more aware of that besides, I mean, that's a lot, you know, watching the documentary Mm -hmm. is a great place to start listening to the podcast, reading the blogs, following these uh, influencers on Instagram. Are there any other ways you can think of for us to change our buying habits with this new awareness? Absolutely. The most ethical piece of clothing is the one that you already have. Um, you know, consider, do I really need to buy something more? I know that sounds counterintuitive. I'm, I own an ethical boutique. Of course I want people to come and (laughs) and shop with me, but I'm not here to add more noise or more waste to the world. You know, I want you to buy something that you care about and that you truly want and that Mm -hmm. you'll cherish. And the great thing about buying these ethically made articles of clothing, garments, gifts, what have you, is that these are quality items and they last longer. And so you'll care more about this item. It'll last longer. You might repair it if it needs to be repaired because you did spend a little bit more money on this. You know, you're not going to repair those $10 jeans, right? You would toss them and you say, oh, I've got five more. But when you, when you spend a little bit more money on something because you knew who made it, and you know it's made with good stuff, high quality mm-hmm. material, you're more likely to repair it, you know, mm-hmm. break out the needle and thread. Whip stitch. Have you yeah. ever heard of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mom used to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. We're going to bring back the whip stitch. Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's a little bit of my Appalachian roots coming out. But yeah, I do whip stitch stuff every once in a while where mm-hmm. you just mend a hole in a sock or you mend a rip in a jeans. I mean, distressed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is a look. <laughs> yeah, we paid a lot of money to get yeah. ripped up jeans, I remember. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Oh my gosh. Well, I actually have a business question for you. Okay. Um, kind of business and motherhood, because I know that some people listening probably have small businesses too, or we work, uh, you know, or work at home, work out of the home, you know, staying at home is working in the home big time. I'm curious about balance for you and what that looks like. Like, I'd love to know when it comes to motherhood and running a business, are the two separate or are they, do they overlap a lot (laughs) or, you know, what does that look like in your life? Oh, there is no balance. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I, I had to give that up. I had to release myself of finding balance. Okay. I've realized that working from home and staying home with, now two children, it's, it feels like eight full-time jobs. Yeah. And what I found works for me is to think of three things in my life and interchange them on what I give attention. So maybe mm. I am working on Napaka and 
so Napak is doing good. I'm cooking good food, wholesome food for the family. Mm-hmm. And I am doing good with, you know, teaching um, Weston, doing mm-hmm. homeschool. But those are my three things. But the house is trashed. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm not, I don't have much of a social life, you know. Things have to go be placed on the back burner. And then I feel like I can, you know, handle three things, but I have to interchange those. And I have to keep kind of like gauge the temperature on everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe my husband needs attention. Like I haven't, mm-hmm. been, I haven't been giving him enough attention. So I need to take out my pocket and, and focus on those things. And it's just constant changing and switching those things and keeping an eye on everything else in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been working for me. I don't, I don't have all the answers and um, I keep family and Apaka very close. If you follow me on Instagram, a lot of the time you'll just see my kids and yeah. what's going on. And my house is trashed because, you know, that's not what's important <laughs> this week. <laughs> right. I love that. I could very easily picture like three blocks or like having a bunch of blocks, like a Jenga tower or yeah. something, you know, and if you're trying to like balance a whole bunch of them all at once, it's just going to fall over. Mm-hmm. But three, you can keep pretty solid. Yeah. Right. And I can see switching that out too. I'm not sure how often I'd ever put the house block on there, like clean the house block, <laughs> three. <laughs> but, but I get it. And I love that because the cooking part spoke to me too, you know, cooking delicious, nutritious, life-giving food mm-hmm. feels pretty important. I think I'd keep that one on there too. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Well, any advice for shop owners who want to include more ethically sourced or ethically made products in their stores? Yes. So if you are a shop owner and you're wanting to change or incorporate maybe more ethically made Mm -hmm. items, start locally. Mm. That's, you know, the easiest and quickest way Mm -hmm. to, to bring back some artisan made things into your store. And, you know, you're giving back to your community, you're supporting your local community and Mm -hmm. you're getting some ethically made items. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you for that. Um, any advice for shoppers who want to make more conscious shopping choices, especially heading into the holidays here? Yes. So like I had said earlier, it's easy to get into the impulse buying. Yeah. And so start early if you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. Big, it's a big ask to, mm-hmm. you know, to keep it on your radar early. But if you take the time to really research and Hey, I mean, who doesn't like online shopping? It's easier. You don't have to get out and go to the store and mm-hmm. especially this year. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different to go shopping in person. And so if you can spin, you know, make a list and spend a little time and think about, really think about who you're shopping for, what you want. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time, just, you know, maybe 10 minutes, think about whoever you're shopping for and then plug it in online and see if you can find that item. It's a slower way of life and a slower way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um slow consumption, you're buying slow fashion or slow, slow art rather than, you know, fast food and fast fashion. And it's a different concept, but it's doable. And you just appreciate things so much more when you know who made them, Mm -hmm. when you know the story, when you can see pictures of the artisan who made your scarf block printing it, you know, in Mm -hmm. India, 
Like, and it's really cool to, when you give that gift to someone say, Oh, this was made in India and they use the art of block printing that was passed down for generations in their family. And each item has a story and it's so cool to tell the person you're gifting about that item and the story about it. And you Mm -hmm. get that, you get that connection when you shop ethically and you shop small, you, when you go to a big box store, you just pick something off the rack and you put it in a bag and you don't know what you don't know the story behind it. And so it's just, it's a slower way of life, but it's a more interesting way. Mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. I did not know going into this interview that time was going to be a huge part of all this, this whole notion of slowing down Mm -hmm. when we're choosing gifts, slowing down when it comes to fashion, just slowing down when it comes to shipping. I mean, everything, everything. And it does take a little bit more time, but I think that we'll find more meaning and depth in our purchases and our gifts. And then I can't help but think that those purchases and the intention behind that will bleed into the rest of our lives too. So it may seem like just buying a pair of jeans, but putting in that extra time, that extra effort to ethically source actual needs rather than